sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome into the morning after. I'm Dubs Anson filling in for Benny Stevens. The club is going up on a Wednesday morning. All these fantastic sports to break down here on this morning's show. Plenty to digest from last night as well. But we got NFL Week 4. What a Thursday night matchup. We got college football. Of course, the PGA Tour. We're going to give out a couple of goal picks for the Sanderson Farms. We're going to talk a little soccer. Team USA played yesterday ahead of their World Cup. Not looking too strong in that department, of course. Major League Baseball, it's all about the playoff race, or is it? Is it time to stand for the judge? Let's take a look at last night's big game there between the Yankees and the Blue Jays. We head north of the border, and yes, the Yankees get it done 5-2, to two, sealing the AL East title. Uh, fantastic stuff there for Aaron Boone and his lads. Jamison Tyone out there on the mound. Uh, he, fans, he fans out six. Very impressive getting the win over Jose Barrios. Top of the AL East, fantastic display there. It's the first division championship since 2019 for the Yankees. They're 20th overall. I mean, it's it's big in the playoff race, right? Your first round by, you get the home field advantage uh, in the divisional series. But I cannot believe that they win this little division. They beat four other teams and they celebrate like rock stars. Fair and Boone and the lads, they're popping champagne. Let's just chill a minute, boys. Put that bottle back on ice. Let's worry about trying to win a World Series, but look, all eyes last night, yes, we'll fixated on this Yankees taking on the Blue Jays game, but it wasn't about the result. It was all about Aaron Judge, the big slugger, trying to get to 61, and no, it wasn't the case. Uh, for Aaron Judge, he comes four walks of 33 pitches. He only puts one in place, still sitting on that mark of 60. Uh, of course, Roger Maris has the, the record there of 61 set back in 1961, the AL all-time single season high. And I mean, for poor Aaron Judge, he's trying to chase the triple crown. He's trying to chase this uh, you know fantastic effort for a single season. All the family is showing up to the ballpark every single night. It's a lot of pressure. And now they've clinched the AL East. Why would you play him if you're Aaron Boone? I, I think, what have they got now? Seven, uh, eight games remain this week. For him to try and clinch that record, get one more, get two to surpass it? I don't know. I mean, if you asked me two weeks ago, I would have said, yes, Aaron Judge is absolutely going to get to 62. We're going to put him the Hall of Fame, Mount Rushmore. But right now, uh, seven straight games without a home run. This is the second longest drought for Aaron Judge this season. Um, I don't think he's lost it, but I think uh, time is starting to dwindle with that. Extra pressure, expectation, I don't know. But either way, Aaron Judge, fantastic for the Yankees. Hats off to them. Go and pop those bottles. I uh, you know, I, I don't think they'll be doing it for the World Series because they're going to come up against uh, my Dodgers there at some point. Look at these numbers here for, for Aaron Judge. Plus 196. They're running it back there tonight for a home run. Uh, hit two home runs or more, 16 to 1. Look, I think Aaron Judge is going to get one more. I don't think he's even going to... Um, get it quickly. I think it's going to be coming down to the wire, maybe the last game of the regular season, if he's even out there. I think we see one more home run. He ties the mark, 61, Roger Maris, Aaron Judge. That's what's going on, Major League Baseball. Let's talk a little bit of football. As I touched on, week four in the National Football League coming up. Um, but some scary stuff coming from the NFL this week. 
for big Miles Garrett with the Cleveland Browns. Was in a single car crash there on Monday. Garrett sustained a shoulder sprain, bicep strain, minor laceration, bumps and bruises from the crash. I think it was him and uh, a female partner there in the car. There was no one else involved. We've seen a little uh, you know, body cam footage from the officers who were there with Miles Garrett. At least he was walking around. We welcome in our radio listeners, Channel 159, Sirius XM. This is the morning after. I'm Dubs Anderson filling in for Benny Stevens. The Yankees have clinched the AL East. Aaron Judge still sitting there on 60. And we're talking a little uh, NFL football talk. Miles Garrett in a scary car accident on Monday. Now, of course, the Browns are taking on the Falcons this Sunday. His status is still unclear for that game. But I mean... Be safe out there, folks. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if you're getting paid billions of dollars, millions of dollars, your health, your safety, um, second to none. So for Miles Garrett, fantastic that he's still okay, he's still walking around. And for the Browns, I mean, if you take him out of the equation on Sunday, taking on this Falcons side, I don't know. I'm not that confident um, in the Cleveland Browns, despite them being 2-1. and one. Obviously, they're doing it through the run game. Nick Chubb has been fantastic, 341 yards, four touchdowns for the seasons already. The Falcons at home, 1-2 and two to start the season. Thank goodness Marcus Marriott has discovered my boy Drake London, the big wideout, and the big tight end, Kyle Pitts. I mean, he was sleeping on the first couple of weeks there. So I'm going to say the Falcons at home up against a mediocre Browns outfit that may be missing Miles Garrett. Yeah, that don't scare me much. The AFC North odds, uh, we take a look at these real quick. Baltimore Ravens still going to be your favorites. Lamar Jackson, he is doing it all by himself there at minus 120. Is this a spot where we entertain getting the Bengals at plus 290? Obviously, they're going to be playing that Thursday night football up against the Miami Dolphins. If you're not being on the Browns, if you're not big on Lamar Jackson doing it the whole season by himself, throwing it a couple of times to Mark Andrews. I mean, for Lamar Jackson, he's had to rush twice over 100 yards. He's playing PlayStation football. That is not sustainable in the National Football League. I think the time is now to get stock on the Cincinnati Bengals. Joey Cool, Joey Burrow, baby, with that cigar hanging out the side. I think he's just done to find his stride. Yes, there was a bit of a Super Bowl hangover, but not anymore. I like that number for the Bengals, baby. AFC North plus 290. Let's go. Wednesday morning, we're just getting started. Keep it right here. The morning after, Joey Ranieri up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after. I'm Dubs Anderson filling in for Benny Stevens. It's week four in the National Football League. Who better to break it all down? My main man, Joey Ranieri. Now, Joe, we got a marquee matchup coming up here tomorrow night, Thursday night football. The undefeated Miami Dolphins on a short turnaround, taking on a slow starting Cincinnati Bengals. And for the Miami Dolphins show, I know they're your team. Uh, Tour has been fantastic to start the campaign, but this is going to be their first, well, not their first big challenge, but their first primetime challenge. We saw Tour last Sunday there. He's busted up. He's saying it's a back and ankle injury, please. I've seen someone try and play on with concussion, Joe. That's exactly what it was. 
You look at the numbers here. Yeah, the Bengals. That's where I'm leaning. What are you thinking for this one, Jack? Whoa, 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 whoa. It's a back injury. It's not a concussion. We <laughs> all saw right. him smash his head on the ground and hold his back when he fell to the ground. Yeah. It just, you guys are misunderstanding what the definition is here. Uh, but yes, um, a little woozy and all. This game is lining. It's a terrible spot for the Miami Dolphins, who just played a game against the Buffalo Bills in which the Buffalo Bills offense ran 90 plays in the game. 90. So the Dolphins defense in 100 degrees with 100% humidity were on the field almost the entire game, it feels like. Now a short week. Uh, they've had to deal with, you know, hurricane uh, preparations and everything else down here in the Sunshine uh, State. And now they're expected to go three days later and go to Cincinnati. I will say this, a couple of trends, Dubs, real interesting in this one. Number one, the Dolphins, as a dog here, are now only the fourth team in the last 10 years to be 3-0 straight up and against the number and yet be an underdog on the road in this fourth game right now. 2001 Panthers, 2018 Dolphins, ironically, 2013 Dolphins. Same situation. Started off the year undefeated, won both straight up and against the number, and yet they are a dog. And by the way, those previous three all lost straight up and against the number in their next game. So uh, they have owned, the Dolphins have owned them 14-4 and four straight up in their uh, career against the Cincinnati Bengals. It's just such a tough spot, but I don't trust the Bengals to win by more than a field goal. Nothing I have seen from this Bengals team resembles what we saw last year, Dubs, beating your, uh, well, almost beating your Rams, but uh, in that big game, I just don't, I don't trust him. Tua has been an absolute cash cow as an underdog in his career, 9-3-1 against the number as a dog. He's a dog here. I'm looking at the total more than anything else, Dubs, because I think, uh, I think there might just might be some points in this game given how unbelievably tired uh, and how unbelievably injured both defenses are. We might get a shootout here, uh, a very rare shootout on a primetime Thursday night game because they usually always end up going under dubs yeah you love to see and I feel Joe a lot of people are still not given to uh, all the Dolphins enough respect I mean you look at who they've run through so far the Patriots the Ravens and the Bills now that's pretty impressive the Bengals I, I say they're starting to find their groove they beat up on the Jets there last week I think a lot of people are forgetting about uh, what Joey Burrow went through in the offseason he dropped a lot of weight with that appendix issue, that's going to yep. take a minute to get sort of those playing rests back. But let's take a look at the quarterbacks here, Joe. Now, if Tua's not ready to go, I assume Teddy Bridgewater is going to be taking snaps. He is a pretty competent backup in his own right. But assuming that Tua is ready to go, I mean, this kid has been balling out. There's a lot of speculation in the offseason. He doesn't have the long ball. You know, he hasn't got that accurate game. But, I mean, for Tyreek mm -hmm. Hill, this has been a guy championing how good his quarterback is in the locker room. I mean... That's got to give Tua a lot of confidence. 925 passing yards, second in the NFL. Eight touchdowns already to his name, only two interceptions. He's got a QBR rating of 82.8, which is first in the NFL. And I like that he's out there trying to play with a bit of toughness. The guy is a gamer. He's got a couple of fantastic weapons in Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, I think they're second and third, respectively, in receiving yards. I would give Tua the edge of this one for Joey B., 
I mean, he's been solid. He's been efficient. Uh, he really hasn't been hitting Jamar Chase with that long ball. He's been spreading it up there between, you know, Tyler Boyd and Higgins as well. That's probably going to help him in the long run, having a couple of players to go to. But I think Tua has definitely had the edge coming into this one. And Joe, if, if they do get this statement win Thursday night football, I'm going to say Joe Ranieri was right. I, 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 I bow down to the Miami Dolphins. They are the real <laughs> deal, complete package. Joe Ranieri, right again. You hate to say that on a Wednesday morning, but it could be the case. <laughs> Listen, it will, a lot of people will scratch their head if that's the case, but I don't know if it'll say more about the Dolphins or the Bengals. The Dolphins have never started a season 4-0, Dubs. So this is uncharted territory for them. But also keep in mind, it's not a great spot for Cincinnati. They opened up against Dallas on the road loss. They had to go on the road uh, last week uh, there into New York and MetLife against the Jets, even though they won that. So that's kind of back-to-back -back road games, and now a short week, they got to go home. It's an ugly spot for both of them, Dubs. But we're going to figure out, Burrow or Tua, uh, who's got the better weapons and who can get them the ball. That may ultimately be what it comes down to. Yeah, let, let, let's talk about a couple of these uh, fantastic weapons, probably the most explosive uh, wide receivers in the National mm. Football League. Tyreek, the Thrill Hill, up against Jamar Chase. I found it exciting last Sunday when Tyreek Hill is calling out Eli Apple. Now, Eli Apple had the edge uh, over Tyreek <laughs> last year when he was with the Chiefs, I mean, Tyreek, I, I think he's been pretty patient. You know, he's not demanding mm -hmm. that he gets more, you know, uh, sort of targets than Waddle. I think that's really going to uh, play well for Tua. But who do you like in this matchup here, Joe? If you had to settle with one, who's going to go for 150-odd yards with three touchdowns next to their name Thursday night football? Tyreek, Jamar yeah. Chase. I like, uh, I like, the, I mean, they're, they're both fantastic, but I like Tyreek here. And I like Tyreek because I like what, Waddle brings to the table uh, and the other compliments that Tua has that defenses have to prepare for. So you've got uh, two options, right? Defending this Miami team with these wide receivers. Either you send uh, two safeties and put them back on the goal line and don't let anybody beat you deep. Uh, or you're going to get caught in situations where either Waddle or Hill are going to run by you. T. Higgins is nice, but T. Higgins is a different uh, style receiver than what Waddle and uh, and Hill bring to the table. So Chase is going to get his, no doubt. I think the Dolphins will spend. You know, they'll put uh, they'll put some guys on uh, on Jamar Chase. But you got to pick your poison if you're Cincinnati. Do, is Hill not going to beat you, or is Waddle not going to beat you? Both are capable of getting behind your defense, and both are capable of taking it to the house at any one particular play. So. Uh, it's a fascinating matchup, but one I give uh, the edge to Tyreek Hill. Been doing it a little bit longer than uh, than Jamar Chase right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I put myself, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, Joe, and I go, who would I not want to mark up against? Tyreek Hill. Yep. I mean, you cannot stay near that man. He gets a lot of separation. Woo. I want to get your thoughts, Joe, on the AFC Championship odds. Um, a race shaping up, uh, you know, with a couple of thoroughbreds uh, as we sort of come out the gates here. The Bills at plus 250, the Chiefs at 4-1, to one, the Ravens at plus 750. Ken Lamar do it all by himself. Those Dolphins there at plus 950. Hey, yep. that's a decent spot, Joe. Who stands out for you in this one? Oh, it ain't the, it, it ain't the Broncos, I'll tell you that. Uh, my goodness. <laughs> that's right. Um, 
Let's yeah, ride. We got a better <laughs> we got a better chance of the Colorado Rockies uh, making yeah. the playoffs than the Denver Broncos uh, do out of there. But I, I'm a little shocked. I thought the Tennessee Titans would be a little bit better to this point. But again, I think it's important also, Dubs. For, forget what we see right here in September. Throw it out the window because come November, none of what we're seeing right now is really going to matter unless a team goes 0-4 this month. So everyone settle down in September. Yeah, hey, the Raiders are right on track. And what about those Broncos? I mean, Nathaniel Hackett, he looks like Dubsy playing Madden PlayStation in promo mode. I have to restart the damn control every two seconds, Joe. I'm out of my depth. Keep it right here, please, while we come back the morning after. <laughs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after. I'm Dub Anderson here on a Wednesday, joined by Joe Ranieri, breaking down all the latest and greatest in the National Football League. Week four, uh, Thursday night football, the Dolphins taking on the Bengals. I'm absolutely jacked up for that one. But Joe, I want to get your thoughts on some standout performers. I know it's only early in the season. We've only had three weeks of play, but who stood out for you? I mean, I'm looking at some of these MVP markets, and I feel like we should just label this one. Who's the best quarterback in the NFL. My poor running backs, they never get a look. I think it was Adrian Peterson, the last non-quarterback to win this one. But let's take a look at some of these numbers. Josh Allen at 3-1. to one. Lamar Jackson at plus 550. Jalen Hurts, who has been fantastic for the Philadelphia Eagles there at 6-1. to one. And Patty Mahomes at 7-1. to one. Wasn't too happy there last Sunday, having a bit of a uh, you know, lover's tiff with one of his coaches there. Where's the value uh, in this market, Joe? To us, 17 to 1. That's a bit of a value play for us. That's a very good, uh, very good play there, too. I mean, listen, ultimately, this has got recency bias written all over it, Dubs. Uh, there are people who are going to look at this and they're going to remember uh, the last game that all of these guys played, and they're going to be the greatest thing since ice cream, and that's going to be the end of this guy's <laughs> going to win. Like, everyone settle down because you have to kind of take a big picture look of the teams, what we have seen, and what we will in all likelihood see in the future. I do think Jalen Hurts is extremely interesting because of the fact that he's really starting to come into his own. He plays within a system and a coach, and Nick Sirianni, that really has figured out how to put him in a position to succeed. And the team is absolutely succeeding. And let's be realistic, Doug. Jalen Hurts, when it all comes down to it, do we trust the Cowboys? No. Do we trust the Giants? No. Do we trust Washington? No. Philadelphia could end up running the tables in that division, uh, clinch it way early, and it's all going to be because uh, Jalen Hurts is going to rack up a whole lot of style points along the way, and his team is probably the best team nobody is talking about in the NFL right now. So if I'm looking anywhere on this list at this point, it would be Jalen Hurts because I think that number at 6-1 to one is going to be 3-1 to one before you know it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what, what's been the biggest improvement for Jalen Hurts in uh, you know Philadelphia? I'm looking at the numbers for him. He's third in passing yards. He's only had yep. one interception so far. I mean... That's a lot of maturity for a young quarterback. We like to see that early in the season. A QBR of 74.7, making him fifth in the NFL. 
What stood out for you through the first three weeks there from what we saw last season, Joe, with Jalen Hurts? Uh, comf- uh, how comfortable he is now. And again, yeah. same system, same coach. You know, they did it really weird in Philadelphia. Like, they got in a coach who looked at Jalen Hurts and created an offense built around what he does best. Didn't try to uh, change him or, hey, this is my system. This is what you're going to have to do. Sirianni has done a fantastic job of putting the type of weapons around him that he needs. Goes out and get A.J. Brown. They got Devonta Smith in there. Uh, These guys are having huge games. They still, you know, they've got the tight end. They've got an offensive line. They have built this team to put him in a position to succeed. A lot of teams don't do that, Dubs. Philadelphia has done it, and Jalen Hurts looks more comfortable than a lot of quarterbacks on that list there. Uh, And he's not really, like you said, not throwing it up. He's not turning it over. He's getting the job done. And as long as he keeps staying within himself, he's going to have a a season and make himself a whole lot of money, Dubs, because he ain't getting paid like some of those other guys on that that list. Yeah, and and I tell you who hasn't gotten paid yet, Joe, and he's still seeking that contract, Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson. I mean, hats off to this guy. You know, he's absolutely backing himself to have a big season, from what we've seen thus far, I mean, he's had two games where he's eclipsed 100 rushing yards alone. He puts it all over the park. You know, thank goodness he's yep. got Mark Andrews, but he really doesn't have a lot of other, you know, uh, fantastic weapons he can go to. But, hey, QBR, mm. 78.4, second in the NFL there. I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. When we say PlayStation style of play, does it all. You look at this, for MVP, uh, Lamar Jackson, plus 550, Offensive Player of the Year there at 6-1. to one. Can Lamar Jackson sustain this level of play, Joe? He's already had 10 touchdowns uh, passing. That is the first in the NFL, or is that going to come back to him? I mean, you can only run around so long and cop a couple of big hits. Exactly. You haven't got those weapons next next year. What do you think for Lamar? Spot on, uh, spot on, Dubs, because it's longevity. Uh, this is a long, long season. And uh, Lamar is not terribly big. And we've seen the kind of punishment that he takes uh, over the last couple of years. And then he goes MIA, right? And then once he's not uh, available because, you know, you continue to call third and two and, you know, him taking the ball, trying to run around and getting absolutely killed, it, it pays a toll. I wish they would have gotten more weapons for him on the outside. If your number one, uh, if your best target is a tight end, there's a problem, I think, in this NFL and day and age, but you got to keep him upright. You've got to keep him healthy. They've got to figure out ways to win other than Lamar running left, Lamar running right, and, oh, yeah, like, you know, 260-pound linebackers destroying him uh, when he tries to do that. So I, I, I love what we've seen, but what we're getting from Lamar here, Dubs, is what we've always gotten from Lamar. The problem is... What is he going to be like? What is he looking like in week nine? Does he make it to week nine? That's the problem. Yeah, I I really hope so. I mean, uh, in terms of talent, probably one of the highest ceilings Mm -hmm. uh, in the league. So I really hope uh, they can get him. Maybe Duvernay. Duvernay looks like he's got a a bit of upside to him as well. But for Lamar, if he stops running, um, you know, that that sort of limits uh, the the threat across the field. So I don't know there. But Joe, I want to get some uh, early thoughts here on the playoff picture a couple of plus 
money, mm-hmm. playoff horses. You know, I love that plus money in my life. There's been a couple of teams here who have sort of been decent. They've shown glimpses. Uh, the Chargers here, plus 102 to make the playoffs. The Bengals, they're at plus 116. I don't mind that number. And what about the Jags? Plus 126. Trevor Lawrence with a head coach actually looks like the Trevor Lawrence we got used to seeing in the college football ranks. He's got Kirk there as he's number one wide receiver. Those two are racking up the numbers. Who do you like out of these three, Joe? Plus money to make the playoffs. Very simple for me. It's the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars who, uh, you know, I was laughed at a month ago before the season started. And I said that this was going to be the best team in that division and the most improved team and win total over. There's nothing not to like about this Jacksonville team. They've got a absolute future franchise quarterback that was knock on wood, wasn't destroyed by Urban Meyer last year and that craziness and ridiculous. Um, the Doug Peterson is the right guy at the right moment with the right young quarterback. This was a guy that made Nick Foles a Super Bowl MVP, keep you in mind here. Uh, young, athletic, great defense. They can rush the passer. Everything we've seen from Jacksonville uh, is a leads me to believe this is a team on the rise. And in that division, who's going to beat them? The Texans? Indianapolis? Yeah. yeah, I don't think so. Not with an 80-year-old Matt Ryan. And, oh, yeah, Tennessee <laughs> um, has become extremely one-dimensional. It's either Derrick Henry or you're asking Ryan Tannehill to do too much, and then he ends up throwing interception after interception. So, to me, the trajectory is Jacksonville. That's where the value is right now, including winning the division. Yeah, I'm looking at the number uh, to take out the AFC South, plus 102 for the Jaguars. And, Joe, I'll admit it, and I think I've told you on several shows, I was big on the Indianapolis Colts. I thought Matty Ryan was going to bring him a bit of poise there at center. Jonathan Taylor, he's not getting the kind of, uh, you know, sort of gaps and lanes that he was getting last season, so they're not looking good. The Titans look horrible. Um, You know, for big Derrick Henry, he, he is an absolute steam train. But if a steam train can't get out of, uh, you know, the home station, Joe, you ain't there going you go. too far in the Texans. Of yep. course, they are the Texans. Let's talk about disappointments, Joe. I know it's early in the seasons, but uh, what about the Chargers? What's going on with them? Hmm. I uh, I haven't been impressed. I, I know Herbert's been playing a little banged up. We know how good he is. They made a lot of moves in the offseason to, to try and strengthen up that defense. But what's going hmm. on for one of the LA teams? They ain't my LA team, that's for sure. Are you sure? Because I could have sworn you were on the fence, the Rams, you weren't buying the Chargers. No, listen, the reality is, again, everyone needs to settle down a little bit. Uh, you know, they got they went out and spent big money on Jackson there, the uh, the DB to, uh, to be that center fielder out there. Man, he's been hurt. Um, you know, Joey Bosa just got uh, hurt. Oh, yeah, Herbert got hurt now and he's going to have to play the rest of this year in extreme pain and you saw it last week that's not the same justin herbert we just saw the week prior the first couple of weeks so uh it's a tough start for the chargers but they have more than enough talent on that defensive side of the ball and even on the offensive side to be able to carry it uh but the problem with that division kansas city the chargers raiders that they're going to devour one another, and that's the problem, Dubs. They're going to beat the snot out of each other, not to mention who else they have to play, but that's going to be a tough division to uh, to come out standing healthy at the end of the year. 
Yeah, absolutely. What about my Rams, Joe? They turn it around. Matty Stafford, that elbow's looking okay. They're finding a bit of momentum. What do you think? Your Rams are hot trash. Stop it. I can't even <laughs> believe they were lucky to be able to hold on. And Kim Mike is looking Adam. good. I listen, dude. Sell that rent. Sell that jersey you got there. Trade it in. All right. Get a Jacksonville Jaguars jersey, a team that can actually win. Or maybe if you're luckily, Zinno will let you take his Atlanta Falcons jersey. Matt Ryan, baby, he's got it. Jerry you are the man. Bring on week four of the NFL. We'll catch you up soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after. I'm Dubs Anderson filling in for Benny Stevens here on a Wednesday. Time to break down college football week five. Some big matchups coming up this Saturday. Who better to break it all down? Mark Zeno, the sports betting monster. Mark, happy Wednesday, mate. The college football is getting me all types of worked up. Uh, last Saturday there, Georgia, they get the win and people rip them apart. They're like, no, they didn't win. By enough. Texas A&M, my Aggies were never in the match until halftime, and then suddenly they win one. Alabama were clinical as always. Well, they went 55 to three, and some more big uh, ranked you know matchups coming up this Saturday. I want to get your thoughts on. Let's start with Kentucky taking on Ole Miss. Um, Kentucky 4-0, Ole Miss 4-0 as well. Ole Miss, they're uh, ranked 14th. SEC matchup. Now, Kentucky have been decent without being great, but the run game set to take a big boost this Saturday. Chris Rodriguez returns from suspension after going for uh, close to 1,400 rushing yards and nine touchdowns there last year. What do you make of this one? Kentucky taking on Ole Miss, two ranked opponents. This is too big of a line for me to back the Rebels here. I mean, look, I've been high on Ole Miss since last year, and I love what Lane Kiffin has done with them. But last week against Tulsa, I was a little bit nonplus with their performance, particularly in the second half, where – they didn't score against a Tulsa defense that isn't very good. Now, Kentucky does two things really well in college football. That's run the ball and play defense. They're going to grind this tempo way down. These are like This is like a Mark Stoop specialty here where, sure, Ole Miss is going to be able to score, but the tempo of this game is going to be decided by Kentucky and how well they can slow down this Ole Miss offense. Jackson Dart, the quarterback, how much is he going to take off and run with his legs and how much will – Ole Miss be able to do what they normally do against a very stout Kentucky defense. I like the Wildcats in this one. Also like the under here. You're looking at a big total. I think if Ole Miss can steal a win here at home, and I do think it's them stealing because Kentucky is the better team uh, from top to bottom. If they can steal a win, it would be impressive, but I don't think they do it by covering. They, they don't win this thing by more than a touchdown. Kentucky will keep this thing close. Love it. We're on the same page there, Mark. I'm going to get a slice of Kentucky. What do you make of Will Levis? At quarterback, he's been pretty good. He's looking like he's uh, he's made for the pros there. What's your thoughts on him? One of the most consistent, stable quarterbacks in all of the SEC, if not all of college football, and quietly, slowly but surely has begun to elevate his status. He's got all the makings of an NFL quarterback. Again, he's not flashy. Yeah. He's certainly not doing it with a lot of you know big touchdowns. He's never going to be in a Heisman conversation. You don't know him and see him typically throwing the ball down the field. But you talk about surgical and precision, like you mentioned with Alabama. 
That's what Will Levis is at quarterback. That's what NFL scouts are going to love about him. He's smart with the football. He takes care of it, delivers it on target. He's extremely accurate. And I, I think he's got that leadership intangible that you want out of your quarterback that really ultimately can help you win football games. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we're going to take Kentucky and we're going to ride with the unders there, the total set at 54 and a half. Let's talk about the powerhouse of college football, currently ranked number two in the nation, the Crimson Tide, Nick Saban's Alabama taking on Arkansas, the Razorbacks currently ranked number 20. They're three and one to start their season and they were looking really good last Saturday up against the Aggies and somehow they let that crazy touchdown go down right before halftime. They lose all momentum. They end up losing the game um, for this one, Bama, tr- tr- you know, traveling down there to Razorback Stadium. They're telling us it's going to be a sea of red, 76,000 spectators. You look at the numbers for this one, the total set at 60 and a half. Alabama laying 17. Bryce Young, I mean, he's looked fantastic as well. Mark Zeno, what's your thoughts for this one? All will be forgiven for Arkansas if they get a win here against Alabama. And while I would take it at 17, 17 and a half is an automatic buy point for me on the Razorbacks when just based off the number alone. But, you know, Alabama has not looked like typical Alabama, at least in the one sample set we saw from Texas in that game. And what was surprising in that game was, was Texas' defense playing above their heads or did they figure out something about Alabama's offense? We'll find out because Sam Pittman will bring that same physical nature to this matchup against Alabama. And if they can control the pace a little bit and keep Bryce Young and company in check, and remember, Bryce Young isn't throwing to the same staple of receivers that he was last year that he is this year, and that's affecting the passing game a little bit, and it's certainly not making it as prolific. Sure, they can go beat Louisiana Monroe. Sure, they can go beat some of the cupcakes. But now you're getting into the SEC play here. This is a prime spot for Arkansas To get a cover, I think they're going to keep this thing within 10 points, probably a one-score game. They're going to have home field advantage on their side. Alabama's going to be in for a rude awakening. I don't think this is the Alabama we're used to seeing. And not only that, this is an Alabama offensive line that isn't exactly opening up a ton of holes in the run game here. Arkansas should keep this thing close enough to cover this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, currently, Bama on a 14-game winning streak over the Razorbacks. If you look at Bama's last uh, six games there, the unders have hit in the last five. Again, the total set at 60 and a half. Mark, let's talk about the number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs, um, taking on Missouri this week, who are 2-2 two and two. for the Bulldogs. Look, they're 4-0. They've been very impressive. They had that win over Kent State last week. They weren't looking like Bulldogs, uh, Mark. They were looking like one of my French Bulldogs running around looking for a saucer of milk, if you know what I'm saying. They were looking a little soft. Am I being too critical on them? Am I not giving Kent State enough respect? What do you make of the Bulldogs taking on Missouri for this one? Now, I was actually in Stanford Stadium for this game, and I watched it live. And the only reason this game was close is because Lad McConkey, the wide receiver for the Georgia Bulldogs, had a really bad first half. He muffed a punt. Dropped a pass, fumbled another one, and then dropped another pass. He had a terrible first half. And those things alone literally allowed Kent State to stay in the game and put points on the board. Once he came back in the second half and actually was himself again, Georgia was able to score and move the ball a lot more efficiently. So so I'm not going to, you know, look at the total score and the final score and go, oh, man, it was only 22 to 13 in the second half of the game. 
I, I think there were a lot of extenuating circumstances. Did Georgia sort of lull themselves to sleep a little bit in the game? Probably. But Kent State is not close to Georgia, and nobody is close to Georgia. Now, all that said, I think Kirby Smart will use that poor performance to refocus his team and go out there and paste Missouri this week, who might have emptied the tank trying to win a game in Auburn last week uh, in, a, in a very fluke situation where they probably should have won the game. So now it feels like a big letdown spot for Missouri here. All that said, Dubs, I don't want to lay 28 points, not in a conference game. Uh, you know, if, if it was Vanderbilt, it might be a different conversation. But, you know, I, I just – I'm not comfortable laying four touchdowns at any point in a conference game. It's just a stay away from me. If it's either Georgia or pass, I'll probably pass on it. But it's not going to surprise anybody if Georgia goes out and wins this game 45-10, to 10, right? Like, no, no one's going to go, yeah. oh, wow, that was a, a surprising outcome. No, we expect Georgia to be able to win this game 45-10. to 10. Yeah, I don't, I don't see them giving up uh, a lot of points there as well. But I, I expect them to score a lot of points. Uh, Stetson Bennett, he's put up 12, 1,224 yards, five touchdowns, one interception um he's playing very efficiently so it's no surprise there but can georgia go back to back take out the natty there i've said it mark what do you think there's been a couple of big heavyweights trying to flex their muscles early here in the college football season what do you think you look at these numbers to take out the sec minus 115 minus 500 oh come on now plus 175 give us a number it's still early days but as you uh, highlighted there mark they're putting a bit of separation between them and the next one. What do you what do you make of that? Now, I mean, I don't see Georgia taking a loss until the fall of 2023. I mean, for me, there's a wide gap between Georgia and everybody else. I don't care what you saw on Saturday against Kent State. That is not a reflection of how much better Georgia is than everybody else. And you can talk about their pass defense and their EPA and, you know, how bad it may be, comparatively speaking. Uh, their pass defense can afford to be bad because they're routinely up by three scores where it's not something that's killing them one way or another. They're doing just enough to win. When push comes to shove, this defense can step up and make plays against the best teams. You'll see that throughout the course of the season. Nobody is as good as Georgia, not even Alabama. Yeah, look at those numbers there. Minus 115 for Georgia to take out the SEC. Bama at plus 105. Texas A&M. At 60 to 1. You have my attention, Mark. The only reason I like Texas AM, Johnny Manziel. That's how I got into college football. This guy was an absolute stud oh. when he was at the uh, at the height of his game. Not, not in the NFL, Mark. Come on, don't get it twisted. Johnny football oh, okay. at the college level was sensational. So I want to get your thoughts on my Aggies and then my Aggies because I wear Texas AM gear through the airport. Everyone comes up to me, you're an Aggie too. I'm like, no, mate, I just like. The colors, I like the gear, but Texas A&M taking on Mississippi State. Another SEC matchup for this one. Both sides, three and one, entering into this one. Again, Texas A&M, Texas A&M got really lucky there last Saturday. But, hey, luck is sometimes momentum. Two back-to-back wins over ranked opponents. You look at the numbers here. Texas A&M getting plus three and a half on the spread there, plus 158 on the money line, 45 and a half projected total. How do you see this one playing out, Mark? The luck runs out, uh, and the Aggies are losing this week. <laughs> this is my best bet. Mississippi State lay in the three and a half. Look, you can't continue Sad with this fights. offense to get lucky in back-to-back weeks and only score 17 offensive points or 14 offensive points and continue to win games. Uh, and, and those, you know, they haven't faced in back-to-back weeks really high-level defenses. Arkansas had one of the worst pass defenses in the country uh, going into that game, and still – 
they were not able to throw the ball on them. The problem here for AM this week is while their defense is going still going to be very good and very expected, Mississippi State's easily going to get in the mid-20s here because that offense and Will Rogers, the quarterback for the Bulldogs, are well-seasoned. And they've been together for three years now. And this is not something that, you know, you can underscore here that over the course of the game, that area offense is going to be effective and be able to put points up. And AM won't be able to keep up because they don't have the offense to do so. Not only that, they lost their best wide receiver in Aeneas Smith for the rest of the year. So the one target that Max Johnson had to throw to is now not there anymore. So you have to wonder where the offense is going to come from for AM. If they can't score three offensive touchdowns in this game, they don't have a chance to stay close to Mississippi State. It's a classic spot of a home team that's unranked being favored against a ranked team that's on the road. I'm going to follow the points here, follow the money, take Mississippi State, lay the three and a half. The luck runs out for the Aggies this week. Oh, Mark Zeno, you're putting a dagger through my heart, son, but it makes complete sense. Um, yeah, for, for the Aggies there, I mean, I don't know if you saw Jimbo Fisher on the sidelines last Saturday. He had like 50 pieces of play sheets. He was bumbling around, and the guy's just an absolute mess. And the Aggies have only ever won twice um down there in starkville 2012 and 2020 so history is also up against them along with that lackluster offense with max johnson at quarterback let's talk about a tiger tussle tiger tiger lsu taking on auburn both sides three and one coming into this one lsu dropped the first one of the season against florida state have looked pretty good since then uh you look at the numbers here lsu minus eight and a half on the spread minus three 315 on the money line the odds-on favorite, is there any possibility that the Auburn uh, side can make a bit of a tilt at this one? It's a low-projected total set at 45.5 there. How do you see this one playing out, Mark? Um, I see it playing out very poorly for Auburn and Brian Harson, who if he, the only reason he had a job is because Missouri fumbled at the goal line this week, he might lose it this week. So it's not going to go well for Auburn. It's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, okay, we enjoyed that. Uh, Johnny Manziel, who's this year's Johnny Manziel, Mark? Heisman winner, give it to me. Uh, I'm going to go with Caleb Williams. Okay, okay, Caleb Williams, I can support that. Go Trojans, baby! Mark Zinner, you're the man, we'll catch up. SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after. I'm Dubs Anson filling in for Benny Stevens here on a Wednesday morning, uh, Thursday night football. Only one more sleep. How exciting is that? Big news uh, from, from the MLB last night. Aaron Judge still sits on 60. No movement there, but the Yankees clinch the AL East. But it's all about football, baby. That moves the needle. Thursday night football, it is time to play Guess the Line. The Bengals taking on the Miami Dolphins up there in Cincinnati. The line's currently set there in minus four for Cincinnati. I mean, how? They're one and two. The Miami Dolphins are undefeated. Well, it's a short turnaround week. Tua is banged up. There's a lot of question marks if he's actually going to be out there on the field Sunday. I think the closer we get to kickoff in this one, that line's actually going to shift to minus four and a half there uh, towards the Cincinnati Bengals. 
If you're a Miami Dolphins better, if you think they can help the momentum and sustain the success they've had early days here, by all means, that's going to be a favorable number the longer we get uh, into the week for this one. But for me, I'm going to say the line gets to minus four and a half for the Cincinnati Bengals, Joey Burrow and the lads, and I'm still going to take a slice of it. There, I've said it. The Bengals are going to get this one done. Thursday night football, statement game, Joey Burrow, Joey Mixon, Jamar Chase, Boyd Higgins. They're going to remind Miami Dolphins it's a long season. You cannot win it in the first three weeks, ladies and gentlemen. You've got a long way to go before we get to that Super Bowl for Tua. I think he's been fantastic. I love that he's playing with his heart on the sleeve. But yes, that was definitely concussion, what we saw there last Sunday, him stumbling around the field. That's like when I try to tell... The wife that, yeah, I'm a little tired when Dubsy's had a couple too many cold brewskis. You know what I'm saying. So we're going to ride the Bengals. The line's going to get to minus four and a half, and we absolutely don't care. Bengals by seven points. If you want the exacta, we'll go a little to 28 to uh, 14. The Bengals route them. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, I think they're going to be a little sluggish, and everyone's going to be like... Dubsy was right the morning after Wednesday cash and tickets plenty more we come back keep it right here baby